Taste Me You Will See. Taste Me You Will See. More Is All You Need. More Is All You Need. Dedicated to. How I'm Killing You. How I'm Killing You. So, Russell, have you ever heard the song Master of Puppets by Metallica? Uh, it's a it's a legendary song, and it's also featured in my favorite comedy of all time, Old School. I, of course, man. Oh, I it is it. in Old School. What what part? It, it's like a montage in Old School, right? about this i'll fucking kill you i'm kidding i'm kidding we'll come back by tonight okay so Oh, you know, they don't make them like they used to. Old School was such a good movie. But anyway, the song Master of Puppets by Metallica is really interesting because uh, a lot of people know that the lead singer, who is like one of my heroes, actually, James Hetfield, he is amazing. So he's like the Johnny Cash of metal, basically. He wears all black. He's just a badass dude, but he's gone through his own struggles with drugs and alcohol over the years, even to the point where I actually just saw them play two years ago in San Francisco. And the day after they played, he entered rehab. And um, he's just one of the few celebrities that I really, really care about. Um, when I remember when he ran, went into rehab, I know he, he doesn't know me and probably doesn't read these messages, but I sent him a bunch of messages on uh, Instagram, just wishing it, wishing that he gets better. Uh, not even knowing if he'll ever see it or read it, but I just figured, you know, why not? Um, he's somebody like I just think is amazing, has really inspired me. And if you look at the lyrics to Master of Puppets, they're all about addiction. And I think if you actually read the lyrics aloud to yourself uh, or you internalize the lyrics like I have and look through them, we're, we're just going to kind of go through the song a little bit and look at some of these lyrics, right? Uh start out like right in the beginning of the song right the it starts out end of passion play crumbling away i'm your source of self-destruction so he's singing from the point of view of a drug alcohol or some sort of addiction right veins that pump with fear sucking darkness clear leading on your death's construction so that's pretty complex but basically your veins are pumping with fear it's so strong that it's sucking darkness clear, which, what does that even mean? But it sounds cool. Uh, leading on your death's construction. So you're building up to your own death. Then one of the most brilliant stanzas in the history of music, Taste Me You Will See, More Is All You Need, dedicated to How I'm Killing You. Come crawling faster, obey your master. Your life burns faster, obey your master, master. Right. So taste me. You will see more is all you need. It's sort of like we've heard that other song, uh, Mr. Brownstone by Guns N' Roses. I used to do a little bit. A little wasn't doing so. A little got more and more. I just keep trying to get a little better, said a little better than before. And that's right here. I'm not much of a singer, by the way, but it's, it's right here. It's like, you know. Come crawling faster, obey your master. It's like whatever this substance is, it controls you. It dominates you. Everything you do is based on this substance and you have to get more of it, right? No matter what. And if you kind of internalize that and you're like, you know what? 
I'm no bitch. Like, I'm not going to listen to that. I'm not going to, you know, this stupid little pill or this stupid little drink is going to be, you know, my, be my downfall. And yes, it is going to be your downfall unless you fix it, unless you fix the problem. Master of puppets, I'm pulling your strings, right? So he's the master of puppets. The, the alcohol or the drug is the master of puppets, pulling your strings, twisting your mind, smashing your dreams, everything you've ever worked for, everything you've been trying to do, you can't do because the master of puppets is pulling your string, right? Blinded by me, you can't see a thing. Just call my name and I'll hear you scream. Because if you call the name of your substance, these all these substances, all these things that people get addicted to, they're just distractions. They're distractions from real life. They're distractions from the hard work. They're distractions from the things that you need to do to be a good human being and you're just blowing them off because you're taking this substance or participating in this action that's addictive, whether that be an addiction to your computer or pornography or a drug or alcohol or anything, you're letting it take over your entire life, right? Going into the second verse, needle work the way, never you betray. So needlework obviously is uh, sticking a needle in your arm, needlework away, needlework the way, never you betray, life or death becoming clearer, pain monopoly, ritual misery, chop your breakfast on a mirror. That's probably one of my favorite lines when he says, chop your breakfast on a mirror. It's so hardcore. I mean, it's like, you know, you've seen these these movies like uh, Pulp Fiction, for example. It's a good, there's a good scene in Pulp Fiction where they go to get the wolf and people are doing cocaine at like eight o'clock in the morning. And that's chop your breakfast on a mirror. That's what he means by that. It's just a really funny way of putting it and really cool. But it also makes you really think like how low has my life become? And then we're right back into taste me, you will see more is all you need, right? Dedicated to how I'm killing you, right? And as you go down, um, it kind of just repeats this saying, you know, master, 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 because that's what it is. You're constantly calling out for this thing that's controlling you. You're constantly crying for this thing that's controlling you. And it's your master, you know, so you'll, you'll keep calling it master, master. When I was going through rehab and going through a really tough time with being, you know, stuck on drugs and alcohol. I remember the first step that they tell you, um, well, the first step they tell you in AA is to uh, admit that you have a problem. And that sometimes is the hardest thing to do is just like admit you have a problem, admit you're powerless over alcohol. And in a way, I was powerless over alcohol. I had no power to say no to it, right? So it was my master and I had to respect that and I had to like learn how to get past that so that it, alcohol was no longer my master. Um, a good way of doing that is abstaining from it, obviously, but it's really hard to just abstain from alcohol. So for me, actually being locked up for a little while, being put in a place where I had to focus on that and where I didn't have any access to alcohol, it was really, really important. And some of you guys might need that. Some people may need to be, I should say like they call it institutionalized, but that's what it is. And some people need that in order to set themselves free, right? Some people just can't stop drinking. They can't stay away from it. And um, I was one of those people for a little while, but I found that like once I was away from it for like four or five days, I was totally fine. Like once I got it 
out of my system. You know, one of the things with alcohol that people need to realize is you can actually die from just going cold turkey off of alcohol. You can have seizures and things like that. So once I was medically detoxed off of alcohol, uh, it was a lot easier to walk away from it once. You know, the other thing is by getting uh, what they call institutionalized, I felt like I was in trouble. I felt like I was in trouble by, you know, my brother and by my parents. And that really helped to uh, keep me sober as well. It says hell is worth all that, right? So the hell that you're going through is worth all of it. Natural habitat. It's just your natural habitat now. This is the way you're living. It's just a rhyme without a reason. It doesn't make any sense, but you're still doing it. It's a, it's a never-ending maze that drifts on numbered days. Now your life is out of season. So just like right now, you can't get watermelon. If your life's out of season, it means you, you don't have one. But right here is where it's really cool. I will occupy. I will help you die. I will run through you. Now I rule you too. And if you really think of the substance of choice and you think of that line, I will occupy, I will help you die, I will run through you, now I rule you too. And it's like, no, you don't. You don't rule me too. And that's something that I think people need to understand is that you're kind of a bitch when you're dominated by these substances. And you have to figure out how to not be a bitch and be dominated by such a, like, I, I know this is going to sound ridiculous. I don't mean to insult anybody by saying that. I just mean to toughen you up a little bit. It's like tough love to say like, hey, you know, come on. Like, it, you, I know you can't say snap out of it. That doesn't work. When people are depressed, you can't say, hey, just cheer up, snap out of it. That doesn't work. But if you can have somebody realize that they're being weakened and they're at their ultimate weakness through drugs or alcohol, and you can get them to admit that, then you can get them to stop that as well. And then it just keeps repeating. Come crawling faster, obey your master. Your life burns faster, obey your master. You keep thinking of these things over and over. I tell you, if you listen to this song on repeat several times, it really just like sinks into your psyche. And it, I don't, this song, just I, I can't explain to you guys exactly how much this helped me, but I think the best way that it can help you guys is to actually go listen to this song and listen to it on repeat and listen to it over and over and over again, no matter what your little addiction is and just keep thinking about it and get fired up about it. And if you get fired up about it, you'll want to make a change. And hopefully that's what you do. Russell, if you can go, there's some versions of this song also that I think are really, really cool. There is a Master of Puppets remix that is awesome. It's called Dance of the Dead. And play a little bit of this. Give me a little bit of that. Come crawling Obey your How cool is that? Your life so I would also recommend this. This is a Dance with the Devil remix, and it's kind of got like a little bit of a, a little bit of a dance beat to it. You know, Chris, uh, something that you were saying, there was a couple things that you had reminded me on here. Mm -hmm. When I, this line here jumped at, it just jumped off right here, twisting your mind and smashing your dreams. Yeah. Like that line just screamed at me. So that's, that's what it, yeah. And it doesn't matter if it's alcohol or food or porn or whatever. It's twisting your mind and smashing your dreams. The person that you wanted to be, right? You can no longer be because this is twisting your mind and smashing your dreams and blinded by me, you can't see a thing. So, well, you know that line in Rocky 
get up and fight this guy hard like you did before. It was beautiful. Why don't you stand up and fight this guy hard like you've done before? That was beautiful. It, it just re reminded me when you were saying, like, you have to fight this stuff or it will kill you. And, and that, I, I thought you might appreciate that. You got to really think about, like, who you are, you know? Who am I? What am I all about? And, like, are you really all about just doing this one thing over and over? Is it that important to do this one thing over and over at the expense of, like, your family and your friends? And I just have so many friends that have people in their family that suffer from addiction. Um, you know, I talk to people all the time. And the hardest thing is, like, when the person's not ready. So I think the one thing that I really love to tell people is if you have somebody in your life that's suffering from addiction, the quicker that you can get them to admit that they have a problem, the better off they're gonna be. And so whether that take, you know, like these, a lot of times people do these interventions and they'll fail. People won't, won't think that they have a problem. Hello, Michelle. Oh, this is one of those things, huh? <laughs> because we love you. You, I already told you. you. But the only way that people can really think that they have a problem is if you let them hit rock bottom. And I know that sounds mean, and I know that may cost some lives. You know, like I, I know for a fact that people have hit rock bottom and they've died. But a lot of times you need to hit rock bottom in order to get back up. Because until they hit rock bottom, they're not admitting that they have a problem. You will no longer be in our wedding. You will not be invited. Lastly, we will contact CPS today if you do not go. You will not be allowed to see her until you test clean for six months. And you'll start with supervised visit yes. by someone. I'm, no, I'm, no. We know a lot of other people that are like more rational. Like for example, I had a, a friend of mine call me today and he was more rational. He was talking about like a food addiction and he was admitting to me that he has a problem. He's like, I don't know how to fix it, but I want to do carnivore with you because I'm admitting that I have a problem. I'm like, well, that's your first step. You're admitting that you have a problem because if you're trying to say, well, I don't have any problem losing weight or I don't have any problem with food, then you're just ignoring the fact that you do have a problem. So the quicker you can get somebody to identify that there is a problem, the quicker, the quicker you can get them help. And I think, Isolating the fact that somebody has a problem first is ultra important because then you guys can talk about it. And I think like the number one thing with addiction is just having somebody to talk about, talk to about it. Um, I know, for example, I do this with a lot of people with their diet where I'm keeping people on track with their diet and I can keep somebody on track for months at a time, right? But as soon as they stop texting me, that's when I know that they're cheating. That's when I know that they're not doing it. I know, you know, if I, if I get phone calls a lot and you're excited, I know that you're doing good. But it's when you don't want to talk, when I know you're not doing good. And I don't want to make that phone call. You kind of play these things out and you're just going to be like, oh, he's just going to tell me to fuck off. They're not the type of people that are going to do it when you're not looking. And you have to be sure that if you are helping somebody that you're actually there for them and you have to be sure if you are helping somebody that if they bomb out on you that you don't bomb out on them just because you're being nice you know it's like it doesn't work that way you got to keep hitting them up you got to keep being on them because they've already admitted they have a problem they're already telling you that they want to change so you have to stay on them as well otherwise you know you, you may you may lose them to this drug or to the alcohol or you know whatever it is it's it's not always so easy i know I was an addict and I wanted to tell my brother so bad 
but I couldn't tell him because, you know, Mark is, he's a savage. He like lifts all this weight. He's uh, in great shape. He's married. He's got kids. He's got a business. He's got a family. The last thing I wanted to tell him is like, hey, your, your brother's kind of a loser. You can't hack it. You know, I, I couldn't take it. And a lot of the reasons I got sucked into addiction was mainly because of pain, you know, physical pain that I was having in my body. But I still found it really hard to tell Mark anything. And then I met Lauren, who was my girlfriend at the time. And when I met Lauren, I just felt comfortable. And you got to find that person that you feel comfortable telling. And if it wasn't for Lauren, who I consider my angel, Lauren Pappas, um, I consider her to be my angel. We both since have broken up and moved on in different directions, but we we remain really good friends because there's something about helping somebody break that that chain of addiction that I think, you know, usually those people end up staying close for the rest of their life. I have a lot of friends who've met in rehab that are still really good friends of mine uh, that I've met in rehab also. And, and other people that have met, they become like best friends in rehab and stuff. You'll hear that stuff a lot because going through this together is a lot easier than going through it alone. So anyway, that's my master of puppets uh, sobriety tip. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And we'll catch you next time.